Hello, MicroPod people. This is Historical AF. I'm Natalie. And I'm Kina. We are a historian and a librarian delivering you the funny, weird, spooky, and morbid historical nuggets you never knew you needed in your ear holes. Today is part two of Native American History and Fun Facts. This is episode 30. 30? I think it is. Holy shit. 30? That's like a milestone or something, right? Does that mean we can have cake again? Because I love cake. I mean, I am for having cake at any type of reason. I don't really <laughs> need one. <laughs> just, just give me cake. No. No. <laughs> so how are you? <laughs> I'm doing good. Just trying to make it through life. <laughs> Same. Mainly because just so much. There's always work to do. My house is a mess. And, <laughs> and is it getting done? No. <laughs> but have I painted? Yes. Have I watched a lot of Netflix? Also, yes. And have I finished <laughs> four books? Yes. Oh, that's impressive. Yes. And... <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, it is. <laughs> it's not. They're audio. I paint oh. while I listen. No, but that still, still counts. I love audiobooks. I mean, it's just really good stories, and I read on my lunch break, so some of it's read, some of it's listened, and it's fun. And, uh, they're really good. I really, I really liked, I finished this trilogy, and now I'm kind of sad and kind of relieved, and I don't know what to do with my life now, but it's okay. Oh, I hate that, like, post-series depression. (laughs) Where you're like, what do I do now? You get so invested in a series, and then the last one hits, and you're like, oh, no. But luckily, I was already kind of mentally prepared. I listen on my phone, and so I, I have like six books downloaded on my phone. And so I went through the trilogy, and now I have this other series already prepped and ready to go. Oh, okay. That makes sense. So I'm better. already kind of like, all right, my next one picked out. Let's go. If I don't <laughs> have one picked out, then I'm just lost. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. And uh, how have you been? How was your day? Ah, uh, good. Talked about how I was really excited for Dio de los Muertos, now living in South Texas. And the Riverwalk, they had like sugar skulls that were created by different artists. Oh, and they're like cool. all over the Riverwalk. And they're so cool. But they're like human size. Enormous. And wow. then they also had altars set up everywhere with the candles and the photos and stuff. Yeah, their friend does. It was really cool. And then there's a cemetery close to me. And they had all the candles and the flowers and people were partying. It was really cool. So I really like being in a place so rich in a culture. Mm-hmm. Just like, show me your culture. I need to know. <laughs> yeah, it's been really fun. And uh, yeah, I think that's from I've also been arting. I've been trying to uh, wood burn some coasters and stuff and do more like podcasty art. But we'll see how that goes. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's what my goal for my ornaments, trying to paint and make little four set ornaments or something. Mm-hmm. I hate making them though. <laughs> like, <laughs> I so. mean, to, to paint on a sphere is really awful. It's hard. On a sphere. Mm-hmm. It's so hard. Can't really rest your hand and, and then you have to like mount it maybe or just, I don't know, it's fucking terrible. But, yeah. They turn out pretty, though, so I'm like, well, the end result is nice, but I'm just pissed off during it. (laughs) 
Yeah, and we both have a on our website, historicalafpodcast.wordpress.com. We have a art studio tab where you can check out both of our art, and then we have stuff up there for sale. So, or you can commission things. Yeah, so, feel free to ask any questions. Uh, either it can be what it what it is, what it's made out of. Like Kina said, commission something, mm-hmm. whatever you like, or. I know with my stuff, and I'm sure with yours too. Like, if you if you see something you like and you want it personalized, like, oh, I like that, but can you add my name to it or add <laughs> some sort of embellishment? That's that's totally fine. Feel free to yeah. ask and message. Yeah, my stuff's more like wine holders, cutting boards, coasters, glasses. Mm-hmm. And then Natalie's more like paintings and flowers and magnets. It's a hodgepodge. We everything. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty much. I mean, with all. I mean, it's both of us. It's like Mm -hmm. this. It's like someone just threw up Michael's (laughs) in a very artsy, perfect way. It's true for you, for y'all to enjoy. Yeah, that's a great. You're welcome. (laughs) Well, yeah, with your wood burning and now your glass etching, Mm -hmm. and then now I'm doing stained glass and my paintings. It really, and now I, I'm going to even do journals, like memory journals and book covers. Oh, those so are really I've cool. bought really cool journals and I'm going to, I have all kinds of neat stuff for, to make the cover personalized and like maps and old mixed media materials. So I'm pretty excited about jumping into that next. Oh, that's really cool. I love those. My sister used to make really cool ones a long time ago. I love it. Before we jump into it, I wanted to add that we still have the Flick app chat thingamajig, but it doesn't seem to be uh, very popular. So we have a Facebook group now. Okay. <laughs> it's a secret group, so if you write on it, nobody else sees it unless you're in the group. So you can share things, make friends, talk to us, all that good stuff. Uh, send us your stories, ask us questions, and that's a uh, historical AF, and we call it a speakeasy because, you know, this whole... 1920s roaring thing that we got going on. But anyway, find us. Join that. (laughs) (laughs) And then also her merch site, we have a new design. We call it the Luciano and it's a I'm a classy bitch and it's got some like (laughs) moonshine and wine. (laughs) Yep, you're welcome. (laughs) Yes. But also our merch site Spreadshirt just started coming out with cropped hoodies and fanny packs and they're coming out with new stuff all the time so you should definitely check that out. And that's shop.spreadshirt.com slash historical AF pod. I really love crop sweatshirts. I think they're so cute and I'm really excited to get one. I, I need get one. <laughs> but it's okay. I, I probably can't either. I'm just like, I'll just wear that to the gym. Like I go to the gym. <laughs> <laughs> With my gampy foot. Ugh. Which I got my shit off. I don't have a boot or stitches anymore. I'll add that to my week. <laughs> But, like, I haven't moved my foot at all since I had surgery, so it's like, three weeks. So now my foot has to move, and it's like, fuck you. So, <laughs> <laughs> I have no range of motion. It doesn't go. It's fun. It's fine. At least it's moving, though. <laughs> like, at least I know it it's not floppy, so that's yeah. fine. I had no ligament, and now I have a ligament, and I'm like, whoa, this is weird, but this is what it's supposed to feel like, I think. So... It's great. <laughs> I'm just picturing like phantom ligaments, like. <laughs> and uh, yeah, let's get started. All right, you want to jump into Native American? 
part two. <laughs> it made me think of VH1, like, part duh. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I'm going to jump on in, and I'm going to make y'all super sad. Kind of like the city. No. <laughs> I really want to rip this band-aid off, because I do not want to go last, and, it, and this be last. Like, we oh, cannot okay. leave it like this. That's fair. Or we're going to have to bring up the Chinese strippers again. I don't know. Like... <laughs> For funerals, Chinese strippers for funerals. Yeah, yeah we're gonna we're gonna hit it with morbid. We're gonna hit it hard. Oh yeah, morbid for this topic. I was expecting it to get bad. Yeah. <sighs> now, to some, this might not be your first thought of morbid. Like, I'm pretty sure for most people, when they think Native Americans and morbid, they're thinking maybe some type of battle or war. Not sure, or maybe like. Christopher Columbus, you know, whatever <laughs> shit. Yeah. Pocahontas or whatever. Some sort of diseased death. Yeah. But I'm going to actually move it up to more current, and that is in the 1960s. Mm-hmm. That is forced sterilization oh of women. Oh my god. Oh my god. Yeah. Oh god. This that one makes me... 60s? Yeah. Oh, oh my god. That's why this one hits me. It's it's when you think you think you're safe, but you're not. Yeah, my mom and was alive. Was exactly. Was... Like the, so, these people are still alive. Mm-hmm. All right, let's jump in. So, for sterilization of thousands of women from 1960, like in the 1960s to 1976. Oh my god. Yep, and most of these were not consented. Oh, um, on my heart. No. Get out the tissues. People would go in for a simple procedure and they'd come out being sterilized, basically. Um, and they would be lied to, thinking some, sometimes they would actually be lied to in the fact that they would go in to get their tubes tied and, like, okay. And then they would think that they could be untied later, which oh. is not. The oh case. no! Yep, that is yep. so unethical. Yep, they were sterilized by the Indian Health Service, which was started with a treaty with Ho Chunk or the Winnebago, included a service of a physician in exchange for land, and that land is now Wisconsin. The government devoted medical care and help with education in exchange for this land. Like, that was their agreement for the treaty. Mm -hmm. And, yes, they delivered. Like, medical did get better. And education, schools, things like that, it did get better. But the IHS, I'm going to abbreviate here, IHS, they had their prejudices. And they were already thinking... And here's like a direct quote from my notes. Some of the doctors did not believe that minorities, especially minority women, had the intelligence to use other methods of birth control and were already too many of them causing problems in the nation. Oh, my God. Fuck that guy who came up with that or guys or peoples. Holy yeah, I'm not shit. Sure. I don't know the number of white men, I assume, um, Yeah, that I created do. that, but that's kind of the prejudice they went, went in walking in with it. Yeah. Bup, 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 bup. 
That is disgusting. Especially this, it's not even that far away. Like, no, this is like, what, 40 something years? That's, yeah. That's not, oh my God. Yeah. My mom is, she's 62 and she graduated high school in 1975. She was born in 56. So. Oh, my mom was too. And it's great. And oh, some of these women were under 21. So these are all women about our mom's age. Mm-hmm. And older, of course, but around there. Like, some young as 14. Oh, my God. Yeah. I've really not heard of this. This is... I've heard of it a little bit, but I didn't realize it was that young. Yeah. Oh, my God. Um, I first heard about it when... It's funny, I did not hear about this in school. I first heard about it in, actually, a TV show. A fictional TV show called Longmire. Which is a really good modern cowboy kind of detective cop show. And it's about really great perspectives of living on the res and living right off of it. And like building a casino and like what kind of good and bad things can that bring and lots of drama. And it's just a really good show. And one thing that some of the Native Americans on there mention is about the women in 1970s being sterilized and there's a character on there that was one of those women sterilized and i'm like oh this is interesting for the tv show but no it's real real facts oh and that's that's when i found out about it oh my god so yes it began in the 1960s between 1974 to 1976 we don't have exact percentages but it's Basically, between 25 to 50% of all Native American women were sterilized. Oh, my God. That's a huge percentage. Yep. And this whole movement, it caused divorce. It caused depression and, of course, trauma. Oh, oh of course. Yeah. Um, the tribes lost power because their numbers were dwindling. And I read in a different article, they actually had the number... Like, someone really deep-dived into research with this, and they said, by their calculations, between 1973 and 1976, so just three years, 3,406 women were sterilized. Oh, my God. And some of them were under 21, which is actually super illegal. Like, they even had a law for that, because in the Carolinas... This also happened to African-American women as well. In 1974, that's when they created this law, and it was supposed to ban this forced sterilization. But secretly, it was still happening to the Native Americans. Oh, my God. For another couple of years. One in four women were sterilized without knowing. Oh, I can't even imagine. Anything. Yeah. How to feel so violated and so just betrayed by this yeah. country. Jesus Christ. Yeah. And they could go into the doctor's office for as little as a rash. And they would say they would need something and end up putting them under some sort of anesthesia. Next thing you know, they're, they can't have children. And I, I don't even want kids. I don't want kids in my life. But just to take this away without choice and secretively as well like it's just and so many and this is a whole culture like i always i wondered in the past 
you know, how many Native Americans there are that are still in touch with their culture. You know, it's one thing if you, you, you're some percentage of Native American or you're mostly Native American, but I always wondered, like, what percentage. And this is, this explains why there's not as many people, why that culture's not thriving. And there is a movie, actually, came out in 2018 called Ama. It's A-M-A. And it is pretty much a documentary of women that this happens to. Women didn't actually want to be on it. They're only, so there's not near as many people that are still alive that have been sterilized. But to this day, women are still shamed by it. Because it's Native American tradition that wealth in your family is considered by your children, like how big your family is and your children and the people. And it's like, it's a sacred thing for them. And so they're still shamed and like people, they, their families don't know still. And that That makes me sad. So awful on so many levels to like betray somebody and do something that awful without them knowing, violating them, taking away something without their consent. Oh, it's just, this is some Nazi shit. That's what they did in Nazi Germany was sterilize people without their consent. Like this is to think that this was happening. Oh my God. Um, And they, they tried to actually single out full blooded native Americans too. Oh, that is. So like if they could hit another blow, like they just knock them down one more peg. Like I just, I can't even. Have they not suffered enough? Like, I mean, honestly, between yeah. the let's just make all their food sources extinct, give them smallpox blankets, let's you know round them up. Like we've already, as a country, done the worst things imaginable to these tribes, and then we're gonna do this to them. This is so. No, no, this is oh. what's the worst imaginable. Yeah. And also, why the women? Why not men getting vasectomies? I don't... That's, I guess that's another thing about... Why is it always the women? And like in one of the quotes... I didn't write it down in my notes, but in one of the quotes it said... They felt like they were doing the right thing. Because they had a 22-year-old with six kids. And they were saying, like, does she not know how to control her sexual needs? Oh, oh my God. And I get the yes, she's 22, but that does not give them the right to do that. No, no, not, none of that is right without consent. But this, it just, this just breaks my heart though. I also feel like a lot of this is our culture, but in their culture, having more kids is more significant. Like their entire existence is based on. Isn't it easier? I don't know what medical was like in the 60s and 70s, but I know now it is easier to have a a vasectomy versus getting your tubes tied. Yeah. And then it is reversible. Yeah, dudes don't even have to be put under to have a vasectomy. Women have to be completely sedated, and it's a full-blown surgery. But yeah, men aren't even... So why Definitely. weren't they doing the vasectomies on the men? And so then it really could be reversible later. Yeah. That's, you probably answered your own question. <laughs> just like, is this men? Yeah. I mean, especially with Native American, like they might have 
see Native American men as maybe men, but the way they viewed women in the 60s, and then you throw Native American in there, they probably didn't even view them as, you know, you probably didn't even see it as an issue. Well, it's just kind of like in our in our mini gab where David asked what frustrates us in history. Like, what do mm-hmm. we see commonly happen? And I said, people hate women. This is actually what I was thinking about. <laughs> yeah. Because even, like, even take the right to vote in the U.S. And when it was only white men, mm-hmm. all right, then let's allow... African American black men to vote, okay? And it still took years for the women. Well, it took years for white women. It took even longer for black women. I know. It's just, it's insane. White women really threw black women under the bus <laughs> for like suffrage. It's, it, history is so fucked up. I'm like, I know, nervous why are we laughing. doing this? We should just <laughs> so pick like... a different theme or podcast. <laughs> I'm like nervous laughing because it's so terrible. But yeah. Oh, it's so women are always getting the short end of the stick. We were property until a hundred years ago. Yeah. Put that in context. And people still think it is a property, it just depends where you are. <laughs> yeah. Man, that was a downer. You weren't lying. I know. <laughs> no, and I, I wanted to get rid of that. Like I feel like it needs to be known. People need to know that this happened and this happened in a lifetime. That people are still alive. Like this movie, the Ama or Ama, I'm not sure. MAA. This movie came out in 2018. We should know about it. As sad and as fucked up as it is. And just try to do better, people. Try to do better. Oh, yeah. All, All right, right, let's well, move on. <laughs> I'm going to try to bring us back up. This isn't Please. much better, but the ending is kind of. Wild, my my last one is gonna be better. So, <laughs> all right, guys. Before I get into my segment, let's hear a word from our sponsor. Hello, friends. You know your girl loves wine, and I have been loving, loving the wine I have been getting from Wink Wine Club. I went on their website, I took that flavor quiz, and they told me, hey, you're going to like these four bottles. And you know what? They didn't lie. I have loved them. I love the fact that when you order these wines, they send you an email with recipe food pairings. I mean, come on, this is so amazing. And it comes straight to your house. They deliver it to your front door. It is amazing. You don't have to leave your house. I mean, I guess technically you don't have to put on pants, but I'm sure the male person would prefer that you do. But the point is you don't have to. So great. I love it so much. And it's also that time of year where people are thinking about gifts for the holidays. And honestly, a wine membership is a great gift. It's a great gift for the holidays or weddings. I mean, come on, guys. Perfect gift. So you are in luck because right now Wink is offering our listeners $22 off your first order when you go to trywink.com slash historical AF and that's Wink W-I-N-C and it gets even better you guys. I know you hate paying for shipping because I know I do. So Wink is actually going to pay for your shipping on orders of four bottles or more. 
Oh my gosh. So let's take something off of all of our to-do list and go to trywink.com slash historical AF to take that amazing flavor quiz and get $22 off your first order right now. One, two, three, go. What are you waiting for? That is trywink.com slash historical AF. I had weird AF, and this is a special patron pick from Jeff Jeff. Oh, <laughs> Jeff, Jeff Jeff. Jeff. Yeah, he's one of our, or our only prolific AF patrons. And just a reminder, if you're a brilliant AF and above member, you get to pick a topic, and you get to pick one of our random words. So go to patreon.com slash historical AF. Anyway, thank you, Jeff Jeff. This is a great topic. He wrote us saying that his dad is from Ohio. And he used to tell him stories about this famous figure named, drumroll please, Tecumseh. (laughs) Tecumseh was born in a Shawnee village of Pequot, Ohio on March 1768 during a majestic-as-fuck meteor shower. This whole event gave him the baller nickname as the Shooting Star or the Celestial Panther Lying in Wait. How's that for a nickname? That's... That's pretty legit. It sounds long. <laughs> it does sound long. <laughs> <laughs> he came to age during the height of the French and Indian War, and in 1774, his father was killed at the Battle of Point Pleasant during the Lord Dunmore's War. This had a lasting effect on him, and he vowed to become a warrior like his father. Ooh. Planting that seed. <laughs> Tecumseh indeed grew to be a famous warrior, and he was also known as a dynamic orator. Ooh, fancy of words. These skills paired with his beliefs that the white man would never rest until all American Indians were evicted made him an extremely powerful and influential force. He took part in a series of raids of Kentucky and Tennessee frontier settlements in 1780s and emerged as a prominent chief by the 1800s. He conceived of an alliance of all remaining native people from Canada to the Gulf of Mexico. Just think about that. Basically the span of the entire United States. And all the Indian people would set aside their ancestral rivalries and unite into a single movement to defend their culture, their homeland, and their very lives. So I think I mentioned last week that... Every single tribe had a different belief. They were all separate. None of them were really connected. But this is the first time somebody came up being like, hey, we all have to unite. Because if we're not a single tribe, we're not going to win here. So this is a very big thing. And it's weird AF because I didn't know about a lot of this. So I feel really (laughs) ashamed. (laughs) Tecumseh. Oh, wait. Oh, yeah. Tecumseh believed that the land did not belong to a single tribe. In reality, no one owned the land except for the master of life, the Shawnee's principal god. Tecumseh believed that the only way that the American Indians could transfer land to the Americans was if every single tribe agreed to it. So his other thought is that if they were ever going to make an agreement with the Americans, is that they had to be a single unit. So he wanted to force the Americans to deal with all the tribes in unison. Separately, the individual tribes didn't have much power. Together, he hoped they would be a major deterrent to white expansion. Tecumseh explained his views in a letter to William Henry Harrison in 1810. <laughs> the only way to stop this evil, and then in a bracket it says white settlement of Indians land, 
is for all the red men to unite in claiming a common and equal right to the land as it was at first and should be now for it never was divided but belongs to all. Sell the country. Why not sell the air, the clouds, and the great sea as well as the earth? Did not the great spirit, master of life, make them all to use for his children? So that's the quote. So, pretty smart. He's like, you're gonna sell our leg, you're gonna sell the clouds too? Like, you fucking own everything now, white people? Like, yeah. He's very <laughs> sassy and I really like it. <laughs> so this whole idea became Tecumseh's confederation. So, if, if you ever heard about the Indian confederations, this is one of them. Providing spiritual guidance was his brother known as Tinskawatawa who was also known (laughs) he was also known as the open door or the prophet in 1808 the Shawnee brothers established a new capital on the banks of the Wabash and the Tippecanoe rivers known as prophet's town and then Tomsey traveled extensively during this time in an effort to build his alliance in November 1811 while Tecumseh was in the South attempting to recruit the Creeks into his Confederacy, the U.S. forces marched against Prophet's Town. In the subsequent Battle of the Tippecanoe, they defeated the Prophet, burned the settlement, and destroyed all the Indians' food supplies. Such a dick move. Rude. <laughs> Just burn everything and destroy. Oh, such a well, It's also, you know, it's, it's so wasteful, too. Like, <laughs> I feel like that would piss me off more. Like, you don't just steal the shit. You have to, like, burn it. Yeah, like, it's it's like an extra fuck you. It, it's <sighs> so like they could have taken the food to feed people, but the fact that they just burn it is just a huge fuck you. They were making a point because he was a huge threat and they just couldn't have that. It was a severe blow to the Confederacy and it was kind of a harbinger of the war to come. Meanwhile, growing tensions between the U.S. and Great Britain exploded into war. And then Tecumseh actually saw the War of 1812 as his final opportunity to construct an independent Indian nation. So, I I love that meme. It's like, what's the War of 1812? And everybody's like, it was in 1812. (laughs) 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 Like, that's all I know about it. So, this is what happened in 1812. So, at this time, Tecumseh traveled to Canada, or Canada, in the July of 1812, and he forged an alliance with the British. So, General Isaac Brock placed Tecumseh in command of all Native American forces in the entire United States, understanding that should the British and the Indians be victorious, the Old Northwest would comprise of an independent Indian nation under British protection, which I don't think I was ever actually taught that in school. No, I wasn't even. I feel like I was chipped. (laughs) (laughs) So, of course, Tecumseh and his Confederacy liked this idea, and they sided with the British. He and his men were assigned to overtake the city of Detroit with Major General Isaac Brock. The siege of Detroit was a success in no small part to Tecumseh's military strategy. He continued to support British efforts under General Major Major General Proctor at the siege of Fort Meigs. Meigs? I don't know. The siege failed and the morale began to wane. In the fall of 1813, conditions around Detroit worsened. Proctor began to retreat east towards Niagara. Tecumseh requested arms so that his men could stay in the Northwest Territory and continue to defend their lands. 
Proctor agreed, and then they made a stand at the fork of the Thames River. However, when the forces reached the site, communications began to break down and some men deserted while others continued east. When the Americans attacked, large sections of the forces broke, leaving about 500 American Indians to hold back 3,000 Americans. This was not good. <laughs> sound like it. <sighs> Tecumseh was fatally wounded in this battle. It's unknown who exactly killed him or what happened to his remains. His death began a rapid decline in the American Indian resistance, and the War of 1812 marked as the beginning of the removal of the Upper Midwest. Within 35 years of his death, many Native nations east of the Mississippi River were forcibly relocated, which is one of the sad things of our country. I know everybody knows the Trail of Tears, but Jesus Christ, it's really sad. Just, I know my great-great-great-grandmother was on the Trail of Tears. She was a Cherokee from Virginia. And then she ran away in the Ozarks. A lot of Native Americans ran away in the Ozarks because they couldn't find you. Lots of places to hide up there in the middle of nowhere. <sighs> this is really depressing. I'm going to get to the funny in a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Okay. So, today Tecumseh is still revered for his intelligence, leadership, and military skills. And he's honored throughout North America. After his death, a considerable mythology developed about him, and he became an American folk hero. Like I said, no record actually exists of the location of his grave, but Ken Tarkinsley of the University of Cincinnati, which is an archaeologist, he said, in quote, For indigenous people, and the Shawnee in particular, what's important is for the dead to make the journey or allowing the body to decompose, creating nutrients in the soil, and thus allowing a cycle of life continue. He notes that the Shawnee will occasionally visit the battlefield and leave tobacco offerings. We know where the battle was, and the whole battlefield is considered a sacred site, and that is close enough. He predicts that the protests would actually erupt if archaeologists tried to find Tecumseh's remains. Even using non-invasive remote sensing technology to locate his burial would be considered unacceptable. So he says, quote, no one should ever go looking for Tecumseh. So I found that really interesting. Mm-hmm. But back to the folklore, which brings me to the weird. I think this is weird because I've never heard of this. But have you ever heard of the Tecumseh curse? Mm-mm. No. I hadn't either. I'm so pumped. Okay, the Battle of Thames was short, but had long-lasting effects for students of the presidential folklore and believers of superstition when harrison's troops attacked him on october 5th 1813 a colonel named richard mentor johnson charged into the indian force and in the midst of battle killed the shawnee chief johnson was wounded five times and the men of his cavalry regiment suffered the heaviest losses but johnson became a big political hero as his commander general harrison in 1836, merely on the strength of the belief that he personally killed Tecumseh, Richard Mentor Johnson was elected vice president of the United States. And like I said earlier, nobody knows who fucking killed this guy, but these people are taking credit, and then that sprang them into the political sphere, and they actually gained office based on this belief that they actually killed him. So, fuck that guy. Anyway, four years later... <laughs> In other words. <laughs> yeah. It was William Henry Harrison's turn to win office. Old Tippecanoe. It was his campaign. You know, the Battle of Tippecanoe that we talked about. 
Mm-hmm. Because I was one of his biggest triumphs. Unbeknownst to the man soon to become the ninth president of the United States was a curse that was rumored to have been placed on the occupants of the White House, beginning with Harrison. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Whether it was truly an Indian curse, in quotes, placed on Harrison and his successors by Tecumseh, or simply a superstition that was somehow realized, the curse lasted 140 years and even then almost claimed another victim, which makes it an extraordinarily odd historical coincidence. The curse is simple. Beginning with Harrison's election in 1840, every president elected in a year ending with zero would die in office. This prophecy indeed began with Harrison in 1840 and continued to come to fruition every 20 years until the late 20th century. As you will see now. (laughs) 1840. William Henry Harrison. To this day... William Henry Harrison is one of the oldest men ever elected to the presidency. When he took office on March 4th, 1841, he was 68 years old and suffering from a bad cold. (laughs) He's also noticed as having the longest inauguration speech ever, and he did it in the rain, which wasn't great with a cold, because exactly a month later, on April 4th, 1841, he died of pneumonia. And he was the first president to die in office and the first victim of the Tecumseh curse. Bum, bum, bum. Bum, bum, bum. Next, 1860. So 20 years later, Abraham Lincoln. We all know what happened with Abraham Lincoln. You know, yeah. John Wicks Booth shows up, shoots him in the back of the head. He dies later. So he died the next morning in April 15th, 1865. So the curse is the year they're inaugurated, not the year they die. At this point, I was like, 1865, that's not a zero, but I figured it out. Okay, next one. (laughs) 1880, James Garfield. Just four months later, Garfield was fighting for his life after being shot in Washington, D.C. in a train station. He hung on for life for 80 days, but infections caused by poking and prodding of doctors and their unsterilized instruments caused him to die. Oh. I'm sure oh. we're going to talk about this in future episodes, but this is really gross. They were, like, sticking their fingers and shit in there. And they were, like, not washing their hands. Like, what the fuck, people? <laughs> Wait, does <sighs> he have Purell? I need Purell, please. <laughs> exactly. 1900, William McKinley. He was shot by an anarchist as he shook hands at the Buffalo Pan American Exposition. So, he did. 1920. <laughs> Warren G. Harding. <laughs> On the evening of August 2nd, 1923, Harding died in a San Francisco hotel room. Beyond that, the details of this death remained murky for decades amidst rumors of scandal and even worse. So I did a lot of like research and I want to do this, but everything from the scandal is from his wife poisoned him to he had a heart attack. So there's a lot of theories, but it's really interesting. Anyway, 1940, FDR. So FDR was posing for a portrait while resting in his vacation home when he was joined by a woman painting the portrait. And then he said, I have a terrific headache. And then he slumped over and then he did. He had a cerebral hemorrhage at the age of 63. He's also the longest reigning president because he had three terms. The more you know. Rainbow. 1960. John F. Kennedy. The first president born in the 20th century 
wasn't able to escape the curse. At just 46 years old, JFK was brutally assassinated in front of the world while sitting next to his wife during a motorcade in Dallas, Texas. I actually went there a couple of months ago. It was wild. It's like they have X's on the street of like mm-hmm. where the first shot and the second shot were, and you can see like the building. It's just wild. But according to these people, this actually brought the end of the cycle of presidents dying every 20 years. There's no actual explanation why it would end with Kennedy, but here we go. In 1980, the 20-year-old curse was big enough of an issue that the president, Jimmy Carter, which, God bless that man, was asked (laughs) by a voter in Ohio whether he was worried about the odd coincidence that if he ran for re-election, if he would die. Carter responded, quote, I'm not afraid. If I knew it was going to happen, I would go ahead and be president and do the best I could until the last day I could. And I honestly believe that because that man fell, busted his face open, and then the next day he was building a house for Habitat for Humanity. And then, like, the next day he broke his pelvis or something, so he has to take a break. <laughs> but <laughs> The effort was solid, though. I know, but, like, the guy's constantly in the hospital, like, with shit, and then the next day he's building a house for poor people. Such a cool dude. 10 out of 10. Recommend. Jimmy Carter. Anyway. Uh, Jimmy Carter did not win that election, actually. He lost to Ronald Reagan. So on March 30th, 1981, Reagan nearly became the eighth victim of this curse when he was seriously wounded during a shooting in Washington, D.C. But because we actually have modern medicine and nobody was shoving their fingers in his wound, he actually survived that one. So people are saying that is why the curse is broken, because we actually have medicine. We have medicine now. Yeah. And then technology. President George W. Bush was elected in 2000. I mean, kind of, you know, the whole popular vote thing. Anyway, he <laughs> made his two, two terms safely. So they say that this curse is over because, you know, two people haven't died. But next year is the next year. So 2020. But it seems that the curse is over. But I... I don't really believe in curses, but it is wild that every 20 years the president died in office until, you know, that's that's wild. Most definitely. Yeah, I don't really I don't believe in curses either, but that stuff does weird me out when things sync up like that. Mm -hmm. That's pretty crazy. Yeah, somebody posted the other day on something I'm on about the King Tut curse. (laughs) It's like. It makes for good TV, but honestly, if you're opening up a tomb that hasn't been opened to air in 5,000 years, yeah, you're going to get some germs. They're going to fuck your yeah. shit up. That's not yeah. a curse. That's just science. <laughs> yeah. No. Like, watch some Bill Nye and <laughs> you'll understand. <laughs> yeah. All right. That's my sig. Cool. All right. We're going to wrap this thing up with funny. Oh, thank goodness. <laughs> <laughs> And I'll admit, I couldn't find anything that is super funny. Understandable. Yeah. <laughs> but it's not for sterilization, so I think we're, we're going up still. Like, yeah, mine's still all important. death, 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 death. That's my segment, pretty much. Everybody dies. Why Why is death funny? Like, it's like know. getting kicked. Why is kicked in the balls funny? Like, it's just weird things are. Maybe it's inevitable. Death is inevitable. It's like, why be afraid of it? Yeah, I always, I always think like, you know, you might as well laugh at it or you'll just cry. 
It's true. Like when shit happens at work and I'm like, I'm not going to get mad about this just because, you know, either you laugh about it or you just cry, cry all day. So, yep. See, you just got to make jokes. Okay. Just got to make jokes. Yep. All right. So, like I said, it's not super funny, but it is at least entertaining because I'm going to talk about games, games that the Native Americans played. Oh, cool. Mm hmm. I found this site that actually has a list of games that you can play and that you can actually play that they did. They It tells you all the materials, the rules, and everything. Equipment, just what all you need to know. And it's, so it's just another one of my crazy wacky lists for <laughs> you. I'm not going to go, I'm going to read all of them because there are several, but we're going to have some fun. One of them is called The Laughing Game. And it's players sit opposite each other in two lines and in pairs, and each tries to make the opposite laugh. And the first one to succeed. And I think that's so cute. And there's also the silence Aww. game, the silent game that where you just try to. That <laughs> says Inuit mothers. That that was their favorite game is to see which kid can be quiet the longest. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! I used to do that when I would babysit kids. <laughs> yes, I remember a quiet game. And yeah. I, like, in school, especially teachers would use it. And you're like, oh, yeah, I'm going to, like, be the quietest fuck in here. And it's like the teachers are happy. Yeah, what did they call it? Quietest mouth in school? Is that what I they called like it in your school? Uh, I don't think so. I think we just call it the quiet game. Like, let's play the quiet game. And then whoever was the most quiet the longest, we would get candy or something. Oh, yeah. My school is quiet as a mouse. Mice aren't very quiet, though, so that was bad. (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) Anyways, um, another game is a corn cob game. To play, you set the corn cob on end on a large flat stone. Players stand behind a line four feet away. As skills improve, players can move back for greater distance. The flat stones are tossed towards the corn cob. Players try to knock over the cob and have the stone bounce back towards them. That's the thing. Like you gotta throw it, knock it off, and it's supposed to hit and bounce back to you. If the cob is knocked over and the stone falls behind, there is no score. If the stone knocks over the cob and it lands, even with the cob's upright position, you get another turn. And scoring only occurs when the cob is knocked over and that stone bounces off of it towards you. That's the only time you get a point. Oh. So, little fun tidbit. A ball race, which is the players are divided into two sides facing a goal some 30 feet away. Each player has a stick of wood and a ball or even a stone the size of a fist, which he knocks toward the goal with the stick. The side that gets all the balls... Or stones across the goal line wins. So, and they can be like, they're painted and carved and it's like pretty cool. And there's another article with this, very similar. In some cultures, some tribes, there is a game called Shinny. S-H-I-N-N-Y, Shinny. Mm-hmm. And they were, they would have a buckskin ball and they would pass it up and down a field with curved sticks and they'd whack it into the other team's goal. Do you have any idea what kind of that would be? So we have a curved stick, a ball and a field and you're having to use that stick to push and toss the ball back and forth towards a goal. Any guess on the game? Uh, 
or a sport that we have today? I mean, soccer, right? right? Well, because you're not using your feet, you're using a stick. It's um, field, like field hockey. Oh, okay. Yep. And then during the winter on during the winter they would play it on ice. So I was hockey. thinking like a I was envisioning a giant ball. No, I think more <laughs> more yeah, more like softball size. Okay. That's really cool. Um, so that's how we have hockey today though, is the Native Americans. I think that's really neat. I assume it doesn't say field hockey, but I'm pretty sure like hello, field hockey. <laughs> And that, I just think that's neat. That's actually where hockey comes from. That is really from cool. there. And of course, ring toss. I can't. I think it's funny that they had ring toss too. <laughs> there is the bear race, which is players line up behind a starting line. At a signal, they begin to run, imitating a bear's shuffling gait. Oh. Um, <laughs> place left hand and right foot forward at the same time, and the first over the finish line wins. Or at least with the best imitation of a bear may win. <laughs> oh, I love that. <laughs> I think that's so cool. Grr. I'm a bear. <laughs> <laughs> sure. <laughs> uh, that sounds totally, totally accurate. I would totally win. Yay. <laughs> Another really cool one. Uh, the last one I'm going to read, and it's the running game. I think this one is fun because players line up. I, I guess I, I guess the racing games are my favorite. Maybe because I can't run and I wish I could. That could be why. <laughs> yeah. But players line up starting, and they take a deep breath. So <sighs> deep breath. And they run as far as they can while yelling loudly. <laughs> oh, I love that too. And when a player runs out of breath, he or she must stop and stand still. And so the player that's running with the greatest distance wins. So oh, I guess cool. it's probably to practice like their war cry or something. I don't know. But you're supposed to run as fast as you can while yelling. And as soon as you run out of breath, you stop. So whoever can go farthest wins. That's a sport band nerds would be good at because you got that like breath control, you know? Oh yeah, that would be crazy. I just, I was just picturing like it'd be like also just the one sound, oh, like it would just be a steady <laughs> track. <laughs> Those are so fun. They are, and they're cute games. And to think that to picture kids playing this a long time ago mm-hmm. is nice. Oh yay! Ending on a wholesome note. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> Much and better. It, and it is kind of funny to imagine. It's always fun to imagine kids running around like bears and just yelling. And <laughs> and imagine me running is pretty funny too. Like, <laughs> that's never gonna happen. <laughs> never gonna happen. And this is that's only like the tip of the iceberg. This list is pretty long. There are several other games, but those are ones I would want to play. Those are so cute. Mm-hmm. Aw. I want to play the bear game. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Rar. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> All right, guys. We have a shout out this week for Marissa. Ooh, hello, hello. Thank you. She is our new Majestic a- as fuck. <laughs> I was like, a what? No. As fuck patron. 
So we're really excited. She's the one that when I was squealing about somebody modeling our merch on Instagram, that was her. <laughs> yeah, I think she already started following my personal Instagram too, which is very nice of her. Like, thank you. Yeah. Oh, she's been so sweet and been commenting. And I had a, if you listen to our, your mini gab, my panic about my puppy, I tweeted <laughs> um, my personal account and she's like, you got this. It's going to be okay. He's going to be okay. I'm like, thank you. So <laughs> it's like full on meltdown. Cause I was like, I got to record an episode after this. I'm going to cry. And they're all like, you got this. You can do it. Lo and behold, it's not because of your dog. It's because of <laughs> sterilization. <laughs> it's true. It is yeah. true. But then we bounce back after presidential deaths. <sighs> and then. <laughs> yeah, right before I started recording, I like shoved some pain pills in his mouth. I'm like, here's some peanut butter. You'll be fine. But Zeke texted him. was like, he's in bed. I, like, I picked him up. He's fine. But yeah. Oh, oh my God. Can't. But I am Oops. so glad she joined us. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for being majestic. Yes, thank you. She's been so lovely and just... I've talked about how I am obsessed with wine and crime. And I was like, I try to keep it together so I don't sound like a stalker. And she's like, that's how I feel about you guys. And it really got me in the feels. I'm like, oh, we have a fan. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I love it so much. I'm so happy. But also, if you guys want to join Patreon, you should. And uh, you should go on Twitter and read all these raving reviews because we got some funny shit on there. Our yeah, drunk you, should, you should like vote for us. I would really appreciate oh, it. Oh, yeah. We were nominated <laughs> for Best History Podcast. Holy shit, guys. And we we're like nominated along like Dan Carlin's History and Sawbones and the Dollops. So like, oh my God, about passed out. But yeah, definitely go vote for us. It's discoverpods.com slash finalist I think but we have it in our link tree so if you go to our Facebook Instagram or Twitter and go to our link tree the first tab is vote for us <laughs> click on that we would, we would really appreciate it because I think it's awesome and granted just to be I, I don't know how you get nominated but just to be on that list is pretty fucking awesome yeah that means you guys nominated us because they had it going for like two weeks people nominating so enough people nominated us to put us thank on that you, list thank so you. thank you thank you thank you thank you thank you thank you i am so pleased and we do have some friends that are nominated with us so mercy monsters cryptids uh mm-hmm. art history um they're all friends with us and have shared our promos on their pods and they're all nominated too so that's really exciting so but for them too <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, please, please, please. It's so exciting. We have a Facebook page now. So it's the historical AF speakeasy. And then you can share things. And especially we need stories, especially for December. We need some December stories. So your Christmas Mm -hmm. stories. I want some Krampus. Has anybody got a Krampus story out there? Because I want it. (laughs) For some reason, (laughs) I thought of like period cramps. Like like serious cramps going on. Pretty sure in German it's like Krampus. But yes. <laughs> Krampus. <laughs> Please send us some Krampus stories. Krampus, or if you have like a crazy family tradition, I would like to hear that. Because my family has crazy traditions. So you'll hear about that in December. Yes. Um, I will tell you mine as well because it was wild. Yeah. I don't know how it turned out so normal. <laughs> 
Are dad we was, normal? My dad yeah. was a character. So, yeah. I but think, yeah, we'll share our Christmas I think tradition. We just, we're going, we pass. Like... <laughs> But yeah, yeah, definitely everybody email us your Christmas traditions. If you have any historical or true crime or morbid or anything, whatever. Anything you want anything. to share. Yes. Uh, we're easy. For <laughs> extra, we are so excited. We need lots of listeners. So that's historicalafpod at gmail.com. Now. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> right now. <laughs> Unless you're driving, then like, when pull over. Also, the December extra AF is our birthday week. So both of ours. Yeah. So if you have a birthday Birth story, <laughs> yes, yeah, so if you have a birthday story, send that too. Because we're both the first week of December this week or this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I don't want to, I don't want to age anymore. I'm like, I'm, like, <laughs> I'm done. I mean, I'm going to be 35. So like, I'm like literally mid thirties and I don't know how I feel about it. I know. Mom says oh. I have like Peter Pan syndrome. Like. <laughs> I mean, even when I was like five years old, I told my mom I didn't want to grow up. Like, yeah. even when I was teeny tiny, I'm like, I don't want to. I was aware that when you become a grown up, you have to do shit. Like, I was aware as a child that this happened. So, like, try. I try to appreciate time. Yeah. And I just don't want. I hate that another year has already passed. Anyways, that was a bunch of nonsense for you. <laughs> In uh, other words, vote for us. And yeah. thank you, patrons. And is there a person. Marissa. 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 Marissa, thank you for joining us. We're so happy that you're here and for commenting and buying our merch. That is so awesome. Wow. I'm glad you like it. Speaking of merch, on November 13th, it'll be 20% off through the 16th. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, I need that classy bit shit. Oh my God, it's so good with the moonshine and the wine. We're calling it the Luciano. <laughs> It will have the Audrey coming out soon as soon as we perfect it, but yes. I know, like a broken mic. (laughs) (laughs) (gasps) So bad. That's so great. Yes, in honor of our guests. But yes, we're very excited. And like I said in our earlier episode, they have cropped hoodies and fanny packs now. So more and more stuff every day. Just I'm so excited. I I don't know how I feel about fanny packs being a thing again. They're coming back. I I don't know. I like one YouTuber I watch. He has his own line of fanny packs now. And I, uh, I like his girlfriend, Jenna Marbles. I love her so much. Mm. But her boyfriend has a fanny pack line. I guess they're trying to come back. I don't the know. The only thing I can see why you need a fanny pack really is if you're out camping. <laughs> or like you know, traveling across the Sahara, you know, some sort of, I don't know. I told or Disney Disney world traveling across Disney world or Sahara. Like I can understand a fanny pack, but to walk to Walmart. No, I don't know. Every time I go somewhere, Zeke loses his phone. It seems he's lost it at the river (laughs) and he's lost it at six flags. And I'm just like, maybe you need a fanny pack with little zipper things. He can't lose it anymore. He's like, I hate you. I'm like, I'll find you one. I'll get him a whole historical AF fanny pack so then he can represent us and then not lose his phone. Because I'm the one that has to call people and find his goddamn phone. Which is priceless. (laughs) And I think, yes, he should be branded and we should just put all kinds of merch on him. (laughs) 
Well, the first time he lost it, I kept Twitter, like, texting, and I finally was like, I'll give you a reward if you'll give me the phone back, and then I immediately got a text back, and he was like, god damn it, and then I got his phone back, and then the Six Flags, he was like, no, they'll never find my phone, blah, 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 and then they did, and I'm like, optimism wins! <laughs> Found it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he needs, moral of the story is you should keep up with your cell phones. <laughs> so I guess buy a historical aspect fanny pack. Coming yeah. to you. Can't lose it in a roller coaster. <laughs> <laughs> just lose the whole thing. Like, it just, like, comes off of you. Like, <laughs> Yeah. When we went to pick it up, there was, like, 30 other phones. So, he's not alone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but this is not a new thing. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, which one are you? Okay. Yeah. It's fine. Anyway, thanks, guys, for listening. Thanks, bye. Bye. (laughs) (laughs) 